Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. today is a bustling metropolis, an exciting place to visit and a somewhat safe place to call home. An eclectic mix of people from all over the world live in London and the crime rate is dropping year on year. In some parts of this vibrant capital, the crime rate is lower than that of much smaller cities in other parts of the UK. However, things haven't always been so safe. Stories and tales of old have echoed around these streets and grown to become that of legend, particularly those of gruesome nature. Today we'll be exploring one of those stories and discovering about London's often bloody past. My name is Nikki Druce and this is Macabre London. Ghost stories have intrigued and baffled people since ancient times. Tales of marauding spirits, haunted dwellings, mysterious moving objects and bumps in the night are the stuff of myth and legend. 
We as a species are fascinated with what we cannot see. A portal to another world, perhaps, or just a trick of the mind. Ghosts are undoubtedly a way to catch people's attention, and maybe even some of their cold hard cash along the way. The Victorians loved a horror story, creating whole publications dedicated to them known as Penny Bloods, or their now better known name, Penny Dreadfuls. It's no wonder that in the 1800s, spiritualism, a movement of people who believed that spirits had the inclination to communicate with the living, became incredibly popular. Spiritualist mediums could earn many guineas from holding seances, making ghosts a lucrative business. It's during this time that ostentatious ghost stories became not just whispered secrets between servants and folklore tales, but published in the London and even national press. Journalists found that discovering and investigating these tales was profitable. Stories of the dead were a good way to make a living, but only a few survived to tell the tale. Berkeley Square in Mayfair, West London, may be most notorious for its singing nightingales, but it's also home to London's most haunted address. 50 Berkeley Square, an imposing four-storey townhouse, was built around the late 1700s and used primarily as a residence, with some nefarious occupants calling its four walls home. The brick-fronted building was the home of Prime Minister George Canning up until his death in 1827. Canning holds the record for the shortest amount of time held in a Prime Ministerial position in England, lasting a grand 119 days, which is just under four months in office before he died, ironically, in his office. Canning was said to have died a short while after attending a friend's funeral in an unheated chapel where he was reported to have caught cold. Canning never returned to 50 Berkeley Square. His body is buried in Westminster Abbey. Canning, though, never reported any ghostly goings-on in the house. The house began to earn a reputation for its not-so-visible residence during the 1800s. Tales of a nameless thing who haunted its four walls, but mainly those in the attic, started to be told in taverns. It was in one such tavern that Sir Robert Warboys made a bet with a friend that he could spend the night in 50 Berkeley Square, as he didn't believe in ghosts. Twenty-year-old Warboys headed to the residence, and after a short altercation with the landlord, who wasn't so keen on the idea, set up his bed for the night. The landlord had set out two restrictions on Warboys' stay in the attic, the first being that he had access to the servant's bell and should ring if he had any bother at all, the second that he take a loaded pistol. Warboys settled into the attic and his friend and the landlord headed off to the downstairs rooms to get some sleep. Just after midnight, Warboys' friend, who was finding it difficult to sleep, reported hearing the sound of the servant's bell ringing very gently. This gentle ring soon became loud, and then the sound of a gunshot was heard. The friend and the landlord rushed into Warboys' assistance, where they found him crouched, quivering in a corner and unable to speak. No marks were found on Warboys' body, but he died later that night, unable to recover from the shock. The next noted resident of the infamous address was a Miss Elizabeth Curzon, who lived in the house until 1859, when she passed away at age 90. Not much else is known about Miss Curzon, but no ghostly reports appear during her time living at the property. The house was considered to have been left empty for a number of years after Curzon's death, becoming dilapidated, dusty and the yard overgrown. Many people tried to enter the house during the years that they believed it to be derelict, spiritualist groups, drunkards and those looking to find a cheap bed and board for the night. Trespassers were often surprised by a servant, telling them in no uncertain terms to vacate, or in one instance, arrested for causing a disturbance. Berkeley Square was, and is to this day, an affluent and respectable area to live. Unsurprisingly, people were attracted to the residence as it became worse in appearance, crumbling into disrepair. 
Those who saw the exterior of the building were said to stop and ask the local paper boys who lived there, but were always met with the same response. No one but ghosts. The mystery of the broken down building grew to such heights as to even bequest musings from poets. Frederick Doveton, a Victorian poet, penned a piece dedicated to the house. The cobwebs in the windows lie, and dirt and dust are there. What is the unknown history of 50 Berkeley Square? As the exterior worsened, the interior seemed to become more lively, or should that be deadly, as more paranormal happenings were being reported. It seemed like there was a new ghost story appearing from 50 Berkeley Square every week, and they varied in their retelling somewhat. Along with the tale of war boys, there are a number of stories which appear from a few sources across the mid-19th century of different spectres who'd come to haunt the buildings after some unsavoury happenings behind its closed doors. The attic room was said to be near inhospitable to any who dared to enter it due to the presence of a young woman who appeared in the form of a ghostly white figure or sometimes a brown haze, an appearance from which was reported to cause death from fright. The young woman was said to have thrown herself from the top floor of the building, committing suicide after having been abused by her uncle. Another resident was said to have been locked in the attic alone, his only communication with the outside world being a small hole in the door through which he was given his meals. It was said that over time he became unhinged, succumbing to madness and eventually death. The ghost of a child, a young girl, has also been sighted in the attic, having purportedly been murdered by a servant of the house. Spectres, ghouls and ghosts were the most common sighting at number 50, but perhaps more chilling was the tale told by a sailor who apparently spent a night at the house but saw a supernatural entity altogether different and far more solid in appearance than the undead residents who were most commonly seen. In 1877, two sailors from Portsmouth were on shore leave in London after having spent some time travelling into port on their home ship, the HMS Penelope. After doing what sailors do best and imbibing a few pints of ale at the local tavern, they set about finding somewhere nearby to stay. Stumbling upon number 50 and peeking through its deserted facade, they decided to break into the cellar and make their way up through the centre of the house, checking that it was indeed empty, with a plan to stay in the ill-fated attic room. Finding the attic door locked, the two headed back downstairs to spend the night on the middle floor of the house. They began to make themselves comfortable and drifted off to sleep. A few hours passed and the two were suddenly awoken by the sounds of shuffling and a strange glowing light emanating from a doorway. Expecting to see a landlord or perhaps another soul looking for free bed and board, they instead clapped eyes on a hideous creature. Tentacles appeared from its mouth and it approached the two men hurriedly. In a state of shock and panic, the sailors ran from the house out into the street. Looking behind him, the first sailor to exit the house was alarmed not to see his friend following him and ran down the road, headfirst into a policeman who was walking his beat around the square. Struggling to get his breath, the sailor explained about the creature that he had just seen inside Berkeley Square to the thoroughly confused policeman. Assuming that the sailor had possibly had one too many, the policeman dutifully followed him to the door expecting to see nothing. What they both saw was the other sailor lying face down on the threshold. He had tripped whilst hastily making his exit, Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need a fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. 
That's BlueNile.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Perhaps the truest story of 50 Berkeley Square is the saddest tale of them all. In 1859, a young man by the name of Thomas Myers rented the property for him and his fiancée as their first home together as a married couple. Myers moved into the property before the wedding. He ordered the finest fittings and decorations for the house, requesting that it be made perfect for him and his soon-to-be wife. An excited Myers started the preparation of the house so the couple would have a plush first home. However, this was not to be. Myers received word that his fiancée had changed her mind and no longer wanted to be wed, having found a new suitor whom she would marry instead. With his heart broken, Myers slumped into a pit of despair and locked himself inside Berkeley Square. He became withdrawn and reclusive, refusing to accept visitors and only taking meals from the servants who would deliver them to the front door. Over the following years, as the exterior building began to take on the neglected and abandoned emotion of Myers, it became livelier from within. The building at night was said to glow with a flickering candlelight moving from room to room, as if Myers was searching for his fiancée in the dead of night. Peering through the window, the brand new furniture that was delivered years before could be seen still wrapped in cloth, carpets rolled and curtains folded on tables with thick layers of dust on top. Dead flowers in vases and a mantelpiece inched in dirt. Myers eventually succumbed to debtors, and after his failure to keep up with rent and rates, he died at the property in 1874. Myers' story was spread quickly across London soon after his jilting, and was heard by one young man who found it particularly interesting. A periodical called All Year Round started to be published in late 1863 to 1861. The later editions featured a character and situation incredibly similar to Myers, but this time round the character was female. The character was an eccentric, wealthy lady who wore her wedding dress forevermore after being jilted at the altar by her fiancé. She lived in a dilapidated house, refusing to deal with anyone except servants, keeping the house in the exact same manner it was prepared for after her wedding. The periodical was not particularly successful on first publication, but saw a rise in sales once it was published in book form as a complete work. The writer referred to the book as such a very fine, new and grotesque idea, and was very fond of the novel, counting it amongst his best works. The character's name was Miss Havisham. The name of that book was Great Expectations, and the author, Charles Dickens. After Meyer's death, the house is said to have become quiet, with no ghostly happenings being reported. The building was occupied since 1938 by Mags Brothers, a firm of antiquarian book dealers who moved out in 2016, selling the house for £16 million.
Whatever your belief is in ghosts and the paranormal, you cannot deny that 50 Barclay Square has made for some interesting tales. The stories form a section of Victorian folk tales which have been turned into books, a film and even a ride at the London Dungeon. Unlike the ride which is at the Tooley Street location of the dungeon which no longer exists, 50 Barclay Square still stands proudly, surveying Mayfair and perhaps lying in state until it's revived in its next incarnation by the new owners. Maybe the ghosts within will stay quiet, or maybe not. That remains to be seen. Whatever happens, we're sure that this building will continue to be noted as London's most haunted house. Next week on Macabre London. Ever thought about what might be lurking below your feet and under the pavements of London? We'll be investigating the stories of the lost graveyards of the city, some unearthed and recovered, some now turned into places of rest and relaxation. Have you ever considered what may happen to you if you were too poor to be buried, or not considered worthy of a grave to call your own? We'll be discovering why London has a reputation for being the city of the dead, and leaving no gravestone unturned. Join us in a fortnight to listen to the next episode. If you've liked the first episode of Macabre London, then please rate, review, subscribe and share our podcast. If you'd like to find out more about the show, then please head to our website at macablelondon.com, our Facebook page Macabre London, and our Twitter at Macabre London. We'd love to hear your thoughts on our episode, but also find out what you'd like to hear us investigate next. You can also email macablelondon at hotmail.com. Thank you for listening, and we'll see you next time for another episode of Macabre London. Macabre London is hosted on Acast and was written, performed and produced by Nicky Drews, with additional editing by Neil Murray. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.